Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> <So> back <laughs> uh, to another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. I'm Jess. Still here. <laughs> yeah, we're still here. We keep yeah. taking weeks off, um, but, you know, it's summer. We keep getting sick slash yeah. going on vacation. I wonder if one of those things has to do with the other. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been going that many places, but I did go camping. And did I talk about this last time? I don't know. But I was in the bathroom and like the little girl was in the stall next to me and talking to her mom. She's like, but mom, how did I get COVID? So, <laughs> you know. You didn't talk about that last time. I didn't. So okay, great. So yeah. I'm going to get COVID. And now I've been sick for a month. So <laughs> nice. Who knows? And then, yeah, you got on a plane. So you were screwed. Yeah. Well, I find it funny that I went to Arkansas and I was totally fine. But then I went to California <laughs> and I got to California. <laughs> I would I just would have thought the other way around, but huh. Who knows? I don't know if I would have thought anything. I don't <laughs> Well, just like I would have thought if I was gonna get COVID, it would have been when I went to Arkansas uh, as opposed to California. Yeah. Just because, you know, red state, blue state. Yeah. Let's but not get into the never politics know. of California. That's true. That's true. I was in Northern California, so. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we'll we're back to talk about books. books and I barely yeah. even remember our theme for this week. You which, don't remember. I mean, I do because I know what books I read, but it took me oh. a minute to be like, okay, which episode are we doing? Because I've, you know, read on. So I'm. I'm like prepared for the next week already. Um, but this week, our theme is, hey, I know you. And it's like talking about recognizable characters from like myth or religion or, you know, yeah, cultural stories. I think we both so. have mythological characters. We do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess mine is religion. Because, like, that, it's myth now, which, you know, religion is myth, in my opinion. I wasn't at all at one point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is, like, the, you know, the Greek gods. But they're from so. Greek mythology, right? Yeah. We're, we're both playing in the Greek mythology land, I think. Yeah. I should know kinda. this Kind Yeah, I mean, yours wasn't a god. He was just, like, a King. figure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, both from, from Greek land. Yeah, so who did you get um, to play with? Yeah, so my book for this week was Neon Gods by Katie Roberts, and it's book one of the Dark Olympus series, of which there are three books out right now, and the fourth one is releasing in February um, of 2023. This one came out on June 1st of 2021, so it's been out for a while, but it is one that I've seen around a lot. Um, and the, the okay, so I think I maybe like mentioned this in the last episode, but the next few weeks are going to be a little bit of a cheat because Jess wanted to reread a series, right. and I so should we be found more excited today because I'm finally doing this book. <laughs> yeah, so um, I actually picked my own book this week. Yeah, you did. You're rebel. <laughs> that was like part of the. You know, I was like, okay, you can reread the series that you want, but I'm going to, I've been wanting to read this book and it fit into the theme and you hadn't read it either. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm finally going to read it. 
And I, I, it's funny because I was actually going. So this book is about Persephone and Hades. It's like a retelling. And there's a few of those kicking around out there right now. Yeah. And I actually was planning to read the Scarlet St. Clair series that she did. Um, but they've both been on my list. And I think it's A Touch of Darkness is the first one. Yeah, anyway, right. my Kindle screwed up. I had started reading it. I had like one reading session where I I hadn't gotten very far into it. And then all of a sudden the book wouldn't open anymore on my Kindle. And I like tried to re-download it and I even deleted it and repurchased it because it was also a Kindle Unlimited. And I was like, oh, I have that now. So I can do that and it'll be free. I could never get it to open again. So I just got frustrated and was like, forget it. I'll just read Neon Goss instead. I think you might need a new Kindle because you have I, problems as well. I have with an old one. To yeah. 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 New Kindle time for you. Yeah, I have a new I Kindle so. and I was like, I don't need a new Kindle, whatever. And then I finally got one and oh, it's glorious. I love it yeah, so much. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking the same thing. So that might be on my to purchase list here. Uh, and I'm definitely going to go back and read that other book series, but I'm I'm kind of glad that I ended up doing this one instead. Um, also, it was one that had been on my TBR list, so I, I definitely wanted to read it. And it works better in the structure of the podcast because even though it's a series, each book centers around a different set of, of characters in the same world. Uh, so it's easier to stop. Whereas, you know, the other one was a trilogy and I assume it's like a continuing story. Yeah. Yeah. This one has a nice satisfying end. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. So it's like, this is kind of more like a one-off where it's like, you can go on to read the other books, but you don't necessarily have to, to you get a resolution to Hades and Persephone's story. Um, so it ended up working better. Um, so I think I'm just going to like, I'm going to switch it up because I was showing Jessica on my notes, even though nobody else listening gets to see that I found some really cute clip art for, <laughs> for You're things. The whole format I know. based off of clip art. Well, yeah. I know. Well, I had the idea to look for it. I was like, ooh, what about a fangs rating system? But I realized this is dumb because nobody can see. I mean, I guess maybe on our social media, we can start using like the <laughs> ratings that we're giving these. Uh, but I found like one set of fangs where the vampire's like kind of biting her lips sensually on one side. And I was like, oh, I can use those for the sexy rating. <laughs> and then just a pair of regular fangs for the scary rating. So <laughs> no I'm just side gonna... bite. <laughs> yeah, no side bite. I was trying to find some that looked scarier, but, you know, I guess the fact that they're vampire fangs are supposed to be the scary part. Um, yeah, but, like, we love vampires, so. Yeah, not I scary to me. It's still scary. So, yeah, so I'm going to just say, like, that's how I'm going to rate from now on. I'm giving it fangs. So. Fangs. Side bite fang or straight fang? <laughs> well, both, because you got to give a rating for the sexy and yeah. scary. So, like, out of five, I'm giving this a two for the scary Oh, yeah, I agree. That, I mean, maybe even one, but there was some stuff that was like a little bit at least like suspenseful, which I, I was going to say there's as, suspense. There's like, I'm a little nervous how this might play out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I count that as scary because, you okay. know, like suspenseful movies can be scary. And then for sexy, I'm giving this a five out of five because this book was hot. 
it was very hot. And I was totally curious if like this, like if it was hot for you, because there's a lot of like voyeurism and like being turned on by being on display in this. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. So <laughs> no. And I'll talk about that. But it was definitely sp- spicy. Like, yeah, it, if you're looking for a fun, spicy read, like look no further. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, my synopsis. When Persephone's mother, Demeter, surprises her with an arranged marriage to Zeus, who's sort of like the king of the gods, um, Persephone flees. She grew up in this kind of bubble of privilege because her mother is one of the members of the 13. And these are the people who have basically been like made gods. They've been garnered with the persona and the power either through like inheritance or they're like appointed when one of them dies. So I like that idea that there's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's been lots of different Zeuses and lots of different like Hermes and I don't you know, I can't think of all Dionysus. of the gods now. Dionysus. Um, and, you know, they like lead for a time and then they die and their title gets passed to you know yeah whoever else. the position that's never everlasting it's not the actual yeah person or god filling the role exactly yeah so I thought that was a really like interesting setup to this world and I liked that it was all kind of this political intrigue um but anyways so Persephone kind of like never really wanted life in the spot spotlight she had planned to move away from the city of Olympus Uh, She was, like, waiting to turn 25 when she was going to receive her inheritance. And so, like, she finds Zeus gross. Like, she doesn't like the whole, you know, political... She doesn't enjoy the political games that they play. And they're, you know, famous. They're, like, in the gossip rags all the time as, like, the daughters of the 13... A member of the 13. And Zeus has been Zeus for quite a while. And he's old, And so she thinks, like, he's too old for me. And also, so if she marries him, she's going to inherit the role of Hera, who's Zeus's wife. So she'll just become that. And she's got no interest in that whatsoever because of reasons I've already mentioned. And then also, the last two Heras have died under, like, mysterious circumstances. So she doesn't want to end up dead because she does something that displeases him. So she flees this party where the engagement is surprise announced and then she ends up getting cornered in the streets by one of zeus's like henchmen who's set sent out to retrieve her and so she runs and she gets cornered to where she doesn't have anywhere else to go except over the river Styx into like the lower olympus city which is hades territory um except Hades has been dead for years with no new appointment or so everyone thinks, but really you've got Hades who's hanging out by the bridge for reasons. Right. Like why is he just happened to be at the bridge right when she's getting ready to run across? I don't know. That's maybe he, no. Cause he didn't know there was like a, who's this girl? I don't know. Oh, it's Persephone. Um, so he sees this beautiful woman running across the bridge in his territory and he realizes it's Demeter's daughter and he has a choice to make. He can refuse her pleas for help and keep his territory safe, or he can help her and start a war with Zeus. So now that a choice has been made, but what Hades and Persephone have yet to realize is that they're not just fighting a war with Zeus, 
but also within themselves as they struggle to keep their passions at bay. So falling in love was never supposed to be part of the game. <laughs> I was going to say, passion was definitely on the plate. Love was not. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's sort of my synopsis. And I don't know. I I have to say right off the bat that I didn't really like this book. Really? I didn't. Okay. Um. But I did think that there was a lot to like about it. Like, I do enjoy her writing style yeah, a, a lot. Um, I did have some issue with the dialogue, but the banter, if you will, between Persephone <laughs> Persephone and Hades. Uh, I don't know. It felt weird sometimes. Like, it didn't, the dialogue didn't quite fit or it didn't quite get there in that. I don't know, like, the things that they would say were kind of odd sometimes. I don't know. There was just something kind of glitchy with their banter. Yeah, that didn't um, stand out to me. <laughs> yeah. And also, like I was saying before, I really like the world that she's created. But there wasn't enough of it for me. Like, I, I loved this idea between, like, this break between the old city and the new city and the idea of the gods as these political figures. Um, I felt like it was a really uh, pretty ingenious way to modernize these mythological beings. But, and again, like, I, I think more and more when I read these books that are one-offs, it's like... I realize why series are so popular because you don't have that pressure of having to resolve that storyline, that romantic plot between the two characters in that first book. And you can spend more time mm -hmm. creating that world. And I thought that that's really what this book was lacking for me is it was so spicy. And like that was, you know, I would read more if I just needed a break and I wanted something that was just like hot and dirty to get me through like waiting for another book to come out or something like that um because it, it is in the same universe the other stories like she's got two sisters one of them is Psyche and one of them is Eurydice who are also you know three. she's got three sisters oh who's oh yeah you're There's right like Calista the other one? or Cal something yeah Cal I've heard yeah. of her too yeah. I don't remember her deal um, but anyway, yeah, she's not really in it though. She's just mentioned. Um, Callista, I think that's how you say it. But yeah, so I, I would be curious to read the next book because the the confines of that world have already been established. So it, it would be interesting to see, like, okay, well, what does she go on to do with that now that she doesn't have to start from scratch like she does in that first book? Um but I don't know. Overall, I just I just felt like, I don't know, you got the spice. And and there just was like something about Hades that just didn't quite do it for me. Is he too nice? No, you don't he's like not nice. too nice. I do, want, <laughs> I do think, I, I think it's interesting because it's not that he's too nice. It's that there are these, this there's this duality with his character that she's trying to to force and I don't know that those two pieces fit together like the like, he's the dark nice side of him for the, for, yeah for the persona and it's like okay so so 
Persephone's has had this like weird infatuation with the idea of Hades from the beginning. Like I remember there's a part in the first. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Like why is there a cloak over a statue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like <laughs> intrigued by him and wants to know like why there there isn't another Hades and. So, you know, in that way, it's like she does set up that there is this sort of infatuation with that character. Um, But, like, oh, yeah, she tells her sister, like, it's easy to pretend that Hades was different. Or Psyche tells her it's easy to pretend that he's different from the other 13 when he's dead and the title no longer exists. So I think she, like, romanticizes him as, like, a he wouldn't be into this whole like lifestyle. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I think she just does it so that there's like that connection that's already established in a way because it is very fast. Like she gets rescued. Mm -hmm. Um, We find out that there's a treaty that's been enacted because Zeus killed Hades parents and he was like horribly burned in this fire. So he's got these scars um, and I like that idea because there's, you know, playing with this idea of like external versus internal scars. And that's, that's kind of like a neat idea. Like, how do you heal? And, um, but she, he tells her that like the treaty is that nobody can kill another one of the 13's family members without being like snuffed out of existence. Um, which I think means that like, the title would die and they wouldn't have somebody else come in to fill that role. Uh, And also like Hades can't go over the bridge to like new Olympus, I think is what they call it or the upper city. And uh, Zeus can't come to the lower city. Um, So when, when Persephone is like running across the bridge, like he can't help her until she gets over to his side. So there's a big deal about that treaty. And also, like, it's not comfortable for people to go over the bridge. So, like, there's not a lot of mingling between, like, the upper city and the lower city. Um, you can go over the bridge, but there's this feeling of, like, oh, like, I don't, I, I got to push through it. It's uncomfortable. There's, like, pain. this pressure and pain. Unless you're invited. then you unless, can go. Oh, right. Unless you're invited. That's true. Um so that's kind of the other part is so she goes over and like they hatch this plan um, where they're going to basically have like a very public affair. So he's going to give her safe passage to stay in the lower city until she turns 25 and she can kind of get the hell out of Dodge. Um, and they're going to start this affair because as Persephone says, Zeus is notorious for not wanting what he considers tarnished goods. Which I hated. Yeah. I hated that idea of like, Oh, she's tarnished now. So Zeus won't want her. Like, yeah. Yeah. But But I mean, you know, not that she thinks that, but that Zeus would think that, and he's not supposed to be a likable character. He's supposed to be a, you know, power hungry douchebag. Um, But, like, even with all of that, the turnaround is pretty quick. Because, like, the first night she gets there, she's obviously intrigued by him. um, But she's, like, also scared of him. She, like, barricades herself in her room. And, like, that's not enough. So she locks herself in the bathroom and sleeps in the bathtub. Which I'm like, I don't know. And then the next day you're like, okay, we're going to (laughs) fuck. Well, because I think in that, like, she's like, okay, I have an agenda. We've made a deal. So now 
I don't know. I think she feels like she has more power in the situation. And that's why she goes from sleeping in a bathtub to, you know, riding him. Yeah. (laughs) I do like, though, he's like, okay, but we have to act out every depraved thing I want to do to you in public. Because, you know, Zeus knows that I like to engage in public sex on occasion. So, yeah, that's what you're agreeing to. (laughs) That was a little, like, forced because it's like you're just, like, here... Like you, you know about the like sex dungeon that he has and people come there to party and they like orgy all up on the couches or whatever and watch him. But like, you don't know anything about that life that he supposedly has been living for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Like, and you never see that part of him. I like, no. yeah, they get a it, little. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. doesn't like mesh with this other area where he's like going around the city and showing her the sights and all of the shop lovers. Oh, and he's so beloved. But then also he has these like super kinky sex parties that everybody knows about. And it's like, yeah, there's no I mean, I guess maybe in that society, there's just no judgment over that kind of thing. And that's cool. But I can't like separate it from well, if there was like a political figure here and we found out that was happening, it'd be like, oh, oh, my, like there'd be some major pearl clutching going on and. They'd probably I don't get fired. think there's any pearl clutching in this world. <laughs> I guess not. I got. But yeah, it is a little weird. It's like I kind of I, I maybe she uh, the author could have like spoken a little more to his reputation before we met him. So we had a better understanding of like the role that he's been filling for, you know, this many years. But he wasn't really supposed to be alive. That's the thing I didn't get either is like people clearly knew that he existed because yes, Herms and Dionysus have been like hopping back and forth. But like we're all supposed to assume that nobody knew. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't yeah, I feel like even though they do set up that there's not much crossing over the bridge for people, they there's enough people that know about him that I feel like you haven't even heard rumors that he's still yeah. alive. Like, he I don't sends know. Out invites to his sex parties. Who do you think sending the invites? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really buy that either. Um, and then. I also think there's like this big deal made about how she doesn't take care of herself. That was a a submissive dominant thing. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just don't know enough about that world. I mean, yeah. I will say that right off the bat, and it did take me a little while to get into this story because at first I was like, oh, this is interesting with the 13, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes over the bridge and right away I'm like, okay, we're just doing 50 shades of gray. It was so Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I haven't read that, but just like from what I, I know from yes. seeing the movies and stuff, I some of the movies, um, I was no, like, oh, yeah. okay, we're just doing this, but we're fitting them in the roles of Hades and Persephone. I got that a lot as well. I was like, okay, this is definitely inspired. I yeah. mean, I guess I can't say definite because I didn't write it, but I I assumed there were some um, Fifty Shades of Grey like nods for sure. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so even if, if, even if it's supposed to be a submissive thing, I just didn't feel like it really fit in. I felt like she was trying to force it in there. Like, it in, yeah. like he says, oh, you like, you'll run your body right into the ground if given half a chance because like she showed up not wearing a coat or shoes. Yeah. He's very <laughs> it's like she wasn't that she... planning on running away, like running right. away. She like went out to get some air cause she was well, surprised. And then she's just like, Fuck it, I'm out of here. He says and something then, about that too, though. Like, I can tell this isn't the first time she's just, you know, gone willy nilly about the city. Like, 
you know, like, I don't know. He seems to like make like it's a character trait for her to just yeah. like not put a coat on. <laughs> or like, she'll not. like forget to eat. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know. You know, everybody like gets busy and they forget to eat and then realize like, oh shit, I'm really hungry. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just felt like he was making way more of a big deal about it than was necessary yeah I don't know I think it's just speaking to like caring for yourself too like he's worried that like if she I I mean they kind of tie it in they say like if she doesn't recognize her own needs enough like how can she possibly consent to having these like sexual relations in public and know that she's really doing it for herself because she doesn't know herself if she can't know when she needs to eat it's like kind of how they tied it in but i guess so i yeah. just was i just thought it was weird every time he brought it up that <laughs> she wasn't taking care of herself or needed to eat when was the last time you ate i'm gonna order food from every restaurant in the lower city and watch <laughs> you eat okay whatever dude yeah that's, that's another one of your kinks um and speaking of kinks like, I do appreciate it because, like, she gets into it. Um, and I like, I mean, not that this is a kink whatsoever, but I, I just liked that she threw in that Persephone was sexually fluid. Like, it was just yeah. in passing. Like, it was completely normal because it is completely normal that she mentions, like, how much she's craving Hades and that she hasn't felt that way except for this, like, woman that she met in a bar and had some fling with that was super hot and sexy and it's just like mentioned in passing and then on you go with the story and i'm like yeah that's yeah. great like, it's that with multiple characters i really yeah that was refreshing i was like oh, yeah it nice was stuff. totally refreshing and i really yeah. appreciated that um but then also like you had mentioned like this book is spicy like you definitely get right into the public sex in yep. fact like don't they like ha- pretty much have public sex bef- the- for the first time they've fucked yeah yeah, yeah, she's like sitting on his lap and just kind of rides him in yeah. front of everyone. They're in the the shadows, but people can still see them. Right. So they're not I mean, on they're display. They're sitting in the corner. Yeah. Of party. But, yeah, which I'm like, okay. Like, and that was like, I'm like, okay, well, like this, you, like as a reader, you'd probably have to be into this to like enjoy it. Yeah, I didn't like, I appreciated it again because I just, you don't read books like that much, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that was a new thing for me. I was like, okay, a sex party. Um, but I, it didn't make me hot. Yeah. And it because I'll t- yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think, honestly, I, I've realized this about myself. So, like, we've talked about this before. These books are, are porn. Yeah. These are like, we read these because that's how, that's what turns us on. <laughs> so, for me... I like the slow burn because I really like to feel connected to the the characters and their relationship and you're like invested in it and like you're waiting and waiting and there's build up and then they like there might be like a sexual interaction but they don't actually have sex and you're like come on just do it do it and then they do it and you're like yeah they're doing it um and for this book I I just wasn't connected to either of them at all like they yeah. were having sex and it was good and it was hot and I was like, ooh, you know, like get it. But I wasn't turned on by it and I mm-hmm. it's not a book that I would ever go back to. <laughs> this book to took just- like an opposite approach where like the burn was in falling in love, not in the sexiness. Like because right off the bat they're having sex and she's very much like this is just sex, like this is need, I want to do this. Let's get together. We've got this deal. We've got three months. Like we have to make it look like we're really fucking nonstop and that I belong to you. 
but it was never a conversation about love or feelings. Right. And then like, that is actually what we were burning and waiting for. And like, you get the love at the end. Yeah, but, but when it they was did, interesting. I didn't that was reversed. Care. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't either because I already knew that they loved each other. It was obvious. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that was another thing that bugged me. And I guess I don't know if that would be considered like a the miscommunication trope, but it was very much annoying because at some part in the book you're like, oh my god, like yeah, you love him, he loves you. It's not just yeah. the bargain. But each of you were like, oh, I really love him, but he doesn't feel the same way about me because we're just doing this deal. And then he's like, oh, I really love her, but I can't make her stay because she wants to get out of the city. And so they don't tell each other and don't tell each other. And it's just irritating. But then he's like buying puppies for her. And that was weird. The whole <laughs> puppy thing. I'm like, why? Like, is this a like show that like he'd do anything for her? Like he'd I take guess. on three puppies? I mean, I also think because that's a thing in in myth he hades has the like hounds of hell or whatever oh i didn't even catch that and i should have because she even names them but <laughs> yeah um so i think it was just like a clever way of trying to of bring that, that yeah. in which okay. is fine i mean hey i'm never gonna turn my nose up at somebody introducing an animal character in a book unless they end up dying and then i'm not a fan <laughs> um but yeah i just Again, in, in going back to just something I found lacking in in the character development, I just didn't, I don't Got know. It. Like, it just felt, it was just, it was a flat read to me that was just kind of sex over substance. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a time the, and place. There's a time and place, exactly. And like I said, I would go back to these books when I just, like, want something that's just going to get it, you know? Because <laughs> I do like her writing. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, she's got a good writing style. And I, I don't know, maybe I will read. The next one's about Psyche and Eros, like Cupid, the god of yeah. love. Um, so that it might be cool. And you do meet him, too. He, show, he goes to the sex parties. <laughs> so you've already been introduced to that character. Yeah, I um, did. I liked this book, but I did get to where, like, the sexy slimes, I'm like, oh, they're going to have sex again. Okay, and I would kind of, like, scroll quickly. <laughs> I think I'm the opposite of you sometimes. Like, I'm just like, oh, I want more of, like, the political intrigue right now. Like, I don't really feel the sexy time anymore. It's been too much. Yeah, like, I I do feel like that when I don't have the connection to the characters. It's like the other half of the time I'm, like, waiting. Oh, God, when are we going to get to the sex scene so that I can just savor them? There was no waiting. Yeah, this one I'm just like, nah, there's nothing to savor here. It's just like, yeah, they're fucking again. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's part of it is because I don't. I'm not like into public sex again, like no shade. It's just not something that does it for me. And so since like the most of their sex scenes, at least in the beginning were in front of an audience. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like I thought it was hotter when he initially brings her into the room and he's like, imagine that there's people watching you. And well, like that scene was kind of hot. But then when like there was actually people there, I was like, eh, this I mean, me. I think the author was playing with that a little bit that like there was something more to the like sex that was happening behind closed doors just between them because it was more genuine. Like it wasn't yeah, part of the it play. wasn't like a performance. Yeah. So like there is like that, I guess, like intimate, sweet sex, I guess I would call. It, I don't know if I call it sweet, but, you know, like there is mm-hmm. that for the reader that's kind of like, I don't know about all this on display stuff. you know? Right. Well, and another thing that I thought was funny was 
Okay, so first of all, I'm going to say, like, I, I know I've talked about this before. Like, I don't enjoy nicknames, and he definitely has a nickname for her. He calls her Little Siren. Oh, but yeah. he doesn't do it, like, constantly, like, the last book, so so I, I'll give it a pass. But also, so he's having all, these pub- all this public sex, and apparently he does this on the regular. But I guess he just does it with his cock out, because they also make a big deal about how he's really scarred, and so he won't doesn't like oh, yeah, taking about his that clothes too. off. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so I guess you're just, like, fully suited up with just your cock out. Yeah. Having sex at all these public parties. I don't know. It seems like kind of a cheat to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I actually th- had the same thought. And I'm like, I guess he just keeps his shirt on all the time. Yeah. You know, very, that's very burned. Christian Grey of him. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. I don't oh, yeah. remember that. Yeah. Is, is, he, is he scarred up or something? He is. Oh, was it from like self-harm? No, it was abuse. Oh, shit. Okay. And his mother's boyfriends, I think, is what it was. Oh, okay. So this one is interesting that. because, like, it is like he was caught in this fire where his parents died that Zeus started, and that's why he has these scars. So, like, I don't know. The scars might be carry some more significance for him that way. but Yeah. Well, and I liked the idea that that was established, but she never really went anywhere with it. Yeah. No, you don't know anything about that. Yeah. Like, time you period get or why the- Zeus hesitancy where he's like i don't want to take my clothes off and she's like no no i want to see you and then he's just like okay yeah it's quickly like overcome it's like whatever sure yeah we can take our clothes off yeah Uh, i still liked it though like yeah it was a little short like you didn't really get tons of world building but i enjoyed it what world building there was, I was interested in. I yeah, just I know. wanted more of it. I kind of want more as well. And um, uh, much like the alien book that you read, The Ice Planet Barbarians, I thought that this book's kind of suffered from the same thing in that nothing, n- nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you're waiting for this other shoe to drop with Zeus, and for, like, three quarters of the book, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, and, and so then you're just he, like, where's yeah. the threat here? Right. I, and then I he expected... does it. It's like it go. It's resolved pretty quickly. Yes. Like, yeah. So I felt like there could have been more, like attempts for things to happen that were being more. I wanted more of, to see more of the power struggle between Hades and Zeus, and I didn't feel mm-hmm. like that was there as much as I wanted. Absolutely. Um, I never felt like Hades really had power. Like nothing in this book showed me that he was actually powerful. Yes. And I am curious about that too, because I like this idea that when you become a member of the 13, when you become one of the gods, you're like imbued with this magic. And you don't really get any of that except for with Hermes when she's delivering her messages She's, mm-hmm. like, doing it in the voice of whoever's giving the message. And that's sort of magical. Like, that's yeah. a magical thing. So what What other magic is kicking around? Like, you don't really don't get... have any other magic. Like, these yeah. really are just, like, dudes and women, like, filling roles. That, yeah. You know, have played their political games well and have gotten on top, you know? Yeah, so then why is Hermes just a... She just does impressions? Or is this She's actually, just a really good mimicker? Like, yeah, or is this actually like a magical thing? I think it is magical. Know. They say something about like the ability, and like it's like that's just the ability that comes with being Hermes. So, yeah. yeah, so I wanted like, more of that. I yeah. wanted more of that with some of these other characters. Um, mm. And yeah, so just you know, there was there were things that I liked. They're just like 
weren't enough of them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know. There's just something that was off about this book for me. But I do, there's enough there where it's like, I might go back. I don't know. Well, I'm going back because you bought me the second book for my birthday. Yeah. Well, because you <laughs> seemed like you were liking it. I did, so yeah. I was like, no, I, was, I, well, I, I tried like to buy it. you the first book, but then you had already I started already reading it. it so, um, uh, Like, you mentioned the dialogue, and I actually highlighted a, one little line of dialogue, which is rare for me to do. So, like, I, I liked this. It was at the end, um, and he says, you've ruined me, Persephone. Forgive the fuck out of me if I want to return the favor. I found that so hot. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, like, that's that hot. Hit. That one hit well. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, like, I don't know. I wish that I would have highlighted some of them. There were just some things that they said to each other, and I was like, mm, nah. what? Yeah. I liked it when he told her to ride his cock, though. Because there was some sexy talk, and normally I don't like that. But I like a lot the, of sexy talk, yeah. Yeah, I liked the the use me to make yourself come. See that, that stuff? Hot. Like I clutched my pearls. I'm like, oh, I like that. But <laughs> I I, then I didn't it, but... like how she. I laughed out loud when she said, "He goes after my pussy like he'll never get this chance again." <laughs> that one yeah. made me giggle. Yeah, and that's problematic when you're like giggling. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for, but also um, it's like okay, yeah, it's all right. That's okay. We don't like read. We read these to like see like other people's experiences. So like mm-hmm. you know, well, and it's like you never know when you're gonna like find a new kink. Exactly. That you think, ooh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for some more of these for myself. I liked this public sex. Ah, it's gonna go in the e bank for me yeah I wouldn't like not read a book if I knew that was in there but yeah I'd like maybe maybe somebody else will do it in a way that gets me gets me going more than this one did yeah I don't really know how I feel about it because while there was public sex it didn't really feel all that public like so I'm still not quite sure like yeah well because yeah because like the second time they go to a party like she's supposed to be on stage but then she's like, oh, I don't want to do it. And they have this other show that's going on. So, like, part of what's getting her going initially is watching this, you know, sexual scene that's playing out in front of them from the couple that's on stage. Yeah. Voyeurism, I get. For like, me. I get that. Like, you know, reading these books is kind of like you're not watching it, but it feels yeah. a little voyeuristic. Um, so I, I understand that one. But yeah, it just didn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. Care. I don't know. I've got some sex parties in my book, too. I don't know. Yes. Sex party times. <laughs> sort of. Yours are grosser, I think. Mine have a much more sinister uh, undertone, I think. Yeah. What I'd say, yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, that's my kind of deal with neon gods. Which I don't get the title. Honey is sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to – I thought the title was going to come into play. I think there's like a mention a, of neon lights at one point, like in the Yeah, fitting. well, everything's like, I don't know. I sort of pictured it kind of like Vegas or something. Uh, like the upper city. It's very like glint and glamour. And I thought it was like so clean and soulless. Yeah. I mean, definitely I would be spending my time in the lower city. Lower city. It's all old and vintagey looking and everything seems much cooler there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd hang out with Hades. Honestly, seems like a bit of a bore to me, but <laughs> maybe enough. he was too nice. 
I think he was too nice for you. Yeah. Mm, yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah, to give away, because like we're our theme for next week kind of talks about that a little bit. I don't know if we should talk about that theme. I think it gives away my book a lot, but it's okay. Well, yeah, let's just go into what your book is. What is my book? I am so excited. <laughs> so my book is Guild by Raven Kennedy, and it came out October 16th, 2020. So this was very much like I read this like shortly after it came out. And I feel like it was like my little golden light during you were excited COVID and quarantine. Yeah. You were oh. like, you got to read this book. Like this, book, I don't like, care what you're reading. Yes. Put it down. Like no. you got to read the series. It's like, so okay, true. Okay. Like this book for me was like what blood and ash was for you. Like that book really got you. And like, I liked that book. And we've talked about this when I reread it, I, I got it more. I was like, okay, I understand. This is great. Um, but this book got me like right from the get go, which is surprising because this first book is really kind of like bleak. Um, you're not even like really getting in, into like the heart of the the series yet or the characters. Well, yeah, you don't even really know what's going on. You don't. You're getting little like snippets. Um, I guess I sh- I'm getting ahead of myself. But so my my mythological character or whatever we want to call him is Midas, which we said he's a king. And I think we all kind of have this brief understanding of Midas knows like he touches things and they turn to gold and he has the golden touch like this is something that's really popular, like in our culture, we, we know the story. Um, but this is an interesting retelling because you're not getting Midas's perspective. It's Oren, I guess that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. It's A-U-R-E-N. I'm going to say Oren. Yeah, um, and you meet her basically, and she's like in this cage watching King Midas in the middle of an orgy with what are called his royal saddles. Um, so basically, like they're his whores. <laughs> you know i guess um, concubines concubines yeah. and well there's also men so i don't know if you would call yeah. i don't know if that's a if there's a gender term for a concubine i'm not sure but men and women he's riding his saddles very like matter of fact like she's just like oh he's bored with that one he's moving on to the next one and she's just kind of this pouty character in this cage watching this and like why don't i ever get to play kind of thing um and then the story unfolds kind of all through her perspective of this life as this they call her what the royal saddle or his most prized saddle basically she's a special saddle but she doesn't get to play in any of the orgy games and she just wanders around this castle and she has this cage built all around her which i thought was really cool like trying to envision like she can move through the rooms but there's always a cage separating her from everyone right like it started out where she just had one room and then as like a concession he's like okay i'll give you like access to these other rooms but you gotta stay in the cage yeah, so it's like this very intricate system of passageways for her to access not all the rooms, but some of the rooms beyond her own personal yeah. space. So she kind of gets a little peek of everything, but she doesn't actually get to be like a player in anything. Um, and I that, I don't know, that really spoke to me, like, because like, it's also reiterated a lot in the writing, this idea of like, she's trapped like even like there's a a lot of mention of just like this the area and the surrounding the environment like um there's one room that she used to love and I kind of got like it's like a glass dome basically but it's always covered in snow so you can never see the stars like just as like this feeling of kind of suffocating and then she drinks a lot of wine so (laughs) get get her (laughs) but the thing that makes her special too I should probably start off with this is that that's what she's his golden touched because Aaron is completely gold except I think they say like her lips and her that her eyes but everything else is gold 
Um, and so she's known as the King Midas's golden touched um, saddle. Yeah, like he he gave her this. He turned her to gold because to gold. she's special. Yes. But right off the bat, you do kind of get a hint that like it doesn't quite add up because she's alive and breathing. And in the very beginning, when she's in her cage, she looks up at this golden bird and that bird is solid gold and dead, basically. And then they also talk about like all the plants in this room that used to be green and flourishing are now gold and dead and kind of trapped in time, kind of going back to that idea of being trapped. Um, And so it, it doesn't really make sense that she is not solid gold. And like, you don't really know. So there's just like, there's a, this book is all about just bringing up lots of questions. Mm -hmm. And then, so it does really kind of feel like a setup, but there's still enough going on that like it moves quickly and you're intrigued. And like, I think I told you, like, I think why this book was so successful for me was that I just really liked Oren. Like I really got her. Um, She's funny. Like (laughs) she has a really like, kind of like, kind of cynical sense of humor. And like, I like recognize that as someone that's been through some trauma and has had some life experiences and they're like shoving it down. And she hints at that as well. So I think that's another thing that I really loved about this book is like, we're not getting like how we had like Mac, we had like Mac 1.0 and then Mac 2.0. Like we're getting someone that has already been through some experiences and trauma. And like, you know, that there is a, like a rich story behind what has gotten to her to this castle in this cage to feel like this is safe and to feel like this is where she needs to be or she wants to be. And so like you're already getting this like likable developed character, but then she's still going to develop more. And I find that really exciting. Um, yeah, because you're like, okay, I love books like this because I think it it is really the mark of a very smart writer. Yes. When she's keeping secrets. Usually you're like on the same page with the protagonist. Like you know everything that they know. And mm-hmm. when you have a discovery, that character is having the discovery with you. And in this book, Oren's got a lot of secrets and she's keeping a lot of those secrets from you, the reader. Yes. And you're like, what is going on with you? Like you, like you said, like you're grown. You've had a life. You have a past. Mm-hmm. I can... I'm hoping that Midas is not the guy for you because he comes right. in hot. Yes, he does. all these other people. Yeah. And so it's like, you're it, you're just confused, but in a very exciting way while you're Absolutely. reading the book. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting too because like she does have all these secrets and she'll let like little bits of it out, but then it's immediately laughed off. She makes a joke and she drinks more wine. And I found like that was... So relatable right and mm-hmm. I think some of these things too I think she like they're still secrets to her in a way like they've been shoved down there right <laughs> like she's not ready to acknowledge them like she has there's this like beautiful line where she's talking about like she starts to see little cracks in the like the gold right like it's like so you know like there's this intuition in her that is dying to come out and you get little hints of it but for now she's loyal and she's in love with Midas and you know everything is for Midas Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say their relationship is also really interesting to me, too, Mm -hmm. because like you, you know that things used to be different. Like at one point he had to behave in a certain way to make her feel safe and to make her feel like cherished and loved. And when you're coming into the story, 
you're very keenly aware that this is not the way that things have been going with them for a while, mm-hmm. but she's already been kind of conditioned at that point to accept that she's where she belongs and it has to be this way because of X, Y, Z. Um, and she's very lonely and like, you'll learn many other reasons why she feels that way and has felt that way for her whole life. Um, but you know, like all the other saddles hate her. Yeah. And Midas's wife obviously hates her. And so like Midas is the only one that has really like treated her like a human being. And he, even he doesn't really do that anymore. Yeah, no, she's definitely just like a tool for him at this point. And it becomes very clear because like one of the first things he does, like you meet Midas and like he kind of, he sounds like a psychopath. Like he has an obsession with the what, the number six. So everything mm-hmm. has to be in sixes. Um, one of his old guards had like made a mention of something towards Oren at once. And he like cut off all of his fingers and made him wear them in a necklace or like around his neck. Like this guy is not nice by any means, but because you love Oren and you have this loyalty to Oren and you see the loyalty she has to him and you know, there's a backstory. You're like, uh, do I give him a chance? Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, at the start, right, right off the bat, he like, basically there's this other King who's in, it's like, what are they called? They're not dimensions, but they're different areas, territories, realms, these mm-hmm. realms. So he is the King of the fifth realm and they're in the sixth realm or fourth. Did I go the wrong way? I don't remember. Um, but they basically, um, are allies and Midas wants to use his soldiers to, attack the fourth realm which is another character um king rot who's kind of known for being really vicious and rots things out like he'll he'll return soldiers and they're just like they're rotted like be like before their time rotted you know um but anyways so he offers folky really wants like orin like because nobody gets her except for midas so that's what he really wants he wants to have sex with orin and so midas is like okay one night and i get all your soldiers so, like, that's your intro to, like, Midas. So, like, while Orin is loyal to Midas, like, you're kind of like, I don't know about Midas. Like, Yeah, what? he's certainly not loyal to you. Yeah, and I'm like, I get, I mean, you are a saddle, but, ew, like, I don't, I don't know if I like this, right? That's kind of, like, how I felt reading this book. And like I said, because I immediately resonated and connected so much with Orin, I'm like, how could you do this to her, you know? <laughs> but basically, that's kind of what's going on, and she's upset, but there's, like, you get this impression like she's not allowed to be upset. She needs to just be grateful because Midas has done so much for her. And like you said, there's this backstory. Like there was a time when they were just, what is his name? I think she says it at one point, but it was just him. Maybe it is Midas. Um, it was just him and her like together. Like, no, he wasn't a king. He becomes a king. Like once they go and Oh, that's the other big thing is um, the people that are in power have some element of magic. So Midas marries Melina, who has been the long, like, you know, reigning royalty or whatever. Ruler yeah, like of that this was land. her territory. It was her territory, but she didn't have magic. So she had to marry someone magical to maintain her authority. So she marries Midas, and his magic is obviously turning things to gold. Fulkis is weird. It's like multiplying things. I'm like, I just kept, what was that weird movie with, um. Multiplicity? Yes. Like, who was in that? But like, yeah, he just like. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Like, he can just multiply things. And I'm like, I guess that's magic. I mean, that's magic. But, I mean, I guess, yeah, I have $1. I can multiply it into a million. So, cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, their magic is very, like, one note. <laughs> like, 
Midas like, I can turn things to gold. And then he's like, I can multiply things. Um, but I've lost my train of thought here. <laughs> You're talking about the reason he had to marry into his power. Because yes. he didn't have any to begin with. Yeah. So the idea is that she's always been with him. He married Melina and like was basically like, hey, she's got to stay. She's my saddle. Like she's my gold touched, you know, like my best, my, my homie, whatever. She's staying here. <laughs> so obviously Melina hates her like as yeah. she should. Um, and like Melina, like, like Oren makes a note, like, I don't know why Melina really hates me. She doesn't hate saddles because she gifted all the saddles to him. But you kind of get the idea. It was like, okay, like, you know, basically, you know, you don't need the gold touch. You have all these other ones that'll take care of you. And so then, yeah, Oren just kind of ends up in the back deck. Like, I remember, like, in the, I wasn't really sure if they ever even had sex. Later on, there is a moment where they actually have sex. But I was like, does yeah, he, like, even touch like, her? He's like, keeps waiting for him to come visit and he just never really does and he never does yeah so it's sad Oren is like really trapped but loyal to him um and now she's being traded off to have sex with this folky guy and he's like he's just nasty just like you know like always got women on his lap there's a lot of like him just grabbing boobs just because he can and he mentions things about like filling her gold cunt with gallons of cum like i mean it's gross like and graphic mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's just like how could you do this right but then you do have this underlying like midas is like you just have to trust me and so she does like that's really her thing she speaks to that like midas healed her because she trusts him which is so sad because there's part of me that's like don't trust him you know mm-hmm. um but you know this this is kind of where we're at um, there's this really, I love the scene where she's trying, one of the other saddles is being commanded to dance for hours and hours and she's getting exhausted. It's so like Oren trying to be nice, even though all the saddles hate her, like throws a book at her to try to like, so like she's got like an injury so she doesn't have to dance anymore, but then she like pegs her in the head and like really injures her. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like all these, like, she has such good intentions, you know, like she's just so likable. And I just, yeah. Um, but basically shit goes down with folky it turns out midas is a you know little deceiver and she mentions that too like his real his real strength is not that he can turn things to gold it's his golden tongue like so he can kind of manipulate situations and he gets what he wants and so he never sent soldiers to attack king rot he just let folky send his soldiers and weakened him so that he could take over his kingdom and then um he gets folky gets killed so Arn never has to sleep with him Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. You right? think I would let that happen to you? I have a bigger yes. plan. Yes. I'm taking care of you. Don't you worry about it. Which like as a reader, you're like, this is, is this just more manipulation? Like, did he really like I think he would have let it cross the line, but Oh yeah. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. But luckily a messenger came right in time and announced that like what had happened and that's when the shit hit the fan and he had to go. Um, but then we get to a point where he goes off to go to like establish his dominance at the sixth kingdom. And so then the saddles are going to be taken to get to the sixth kingdom to go be with him. Um, and then that, I mean, that's a really nice time because that's when you finally like, <clears throat> once again, you really start to feel like Aaron is trapped because she's not for the first time she's out and she mm-hmm. like wants to ride a horse and like, she wants to be free. And like, you see the side of her that's really powerful, but just totally stifled. Because she's like convinced herself that that's what she needs to do to be safe. Um, yeah, and she still has to like ride by herself. Yeah, 
And she's like trying to talk the guards into letting her like ride on the horse for, you know, a certain yeah. amount of time. She yeah. has like the one guard who's kind of starts to be nice to her and they have a friendship. Seal. Yeah. Which she has the saddest end ever. Yeah, yeah. So she like mentioned like like you said in the beginning, like she's a very lonely character. Like she just sits behind this gold cage and drinks too much wine and kind of amuses herself with her humor and talks to herself. And yeah, and like everybody has contempt for her. Yeah. And nobody likes her because she's special, you know, <laughs> and like Midas doesn't really give her much attention. He comes in when he needs her and like to manipulate her, it seems. And then she finally gets this sense of like being on her own and like she makes a friend with a guard. Like he talks to her and they have conversations and like he sees her. Yeah, he treats like her a like human. a human being, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's, like, really, really sweet. And then all shit breaks through. A lot of shit breaks loose in this book. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, the it's setup to scary. end all setups. It is, it yeah. Like I, like, this book was hard to read the first time. The second time, it was still hard to read, but I could enjoy it a little bit more because I know you knew what happens. <laughs> you yeah. know when to prepare yourself exactly. and for what. But so, basically, they get ambushed by what's called the Red Raids. These guys are nasty. They're like snow pirates, which so like I mean I loved this because I just the creativity of it was awesome. Basically, they like roam these like, you know, big snow fields where like are totally inhabitable and they have these giant like boats that are pulled by these like hell beast type of things. Um and they're like they're they're pirates. They just go around and they like fuck shit up and steal stuff and take the money and they move along their way. And, like, it's not typical for them to be in this area. So you do get the hint that somebody tipped them off. Um, but, yeah, they just take out the whole caravan. I think they're killing most of the guards. They don't really say it, but they've got them lined up kind of, like, execution style. Yeah, that was my assumption. Yeah, and then they're obviously they've got these saddles. So like, we're keeping these saddles. We can get money. And then also, I mean, Midas is, like, obsessed with everything being gold. So everything in this, like, caravan, they're all gold, like, and all the armor is gold. The carriages are gold. Like everything is gold, including Arin. <laughs> um, so they're gonna keep they're gonna keep them around. They're gonna make money off of them. But like they're they're not nice guys. Yeah, they're gonna all. use them first. They're gonna use them. They're gonna like try out the goods. Uh, there's no compassion or empathy in these guys at all. Um, there's a really sad scene with like sale. Like I, I mean, should I just like give this stuff? Give it away. Sure. Why care. not? Um, so. You know, sale. Like, I, I don't care. A, I've read it. I, well, <laughs> I think this is an important thing because I do think it, it breaks something in Arwen because Sale has been this friend that she has made, and then she basically watches him get gutted and killed, and then like as a joke, just to kind of like speak to how twisted these motherfuckers are, they put him up on the front of the ship that doesn't actually need a sail, and they call him the sail, and so that is what like really inspires Arwen to kind of like start to get her mojo and be like, no, it's not okay. And you see for the first time her like rise up and fight back, but still being weak while she does it, which I think makes it even better. Like, cause you're just like, you're really rooting for her, you know? And you don't know if she's going to pull it off because, but she's basically, she has to get him off of that sail. Um, and you learn more about, she's got these ribbons on her back um, and she can actually use them. Like usually she just kind of wraps them around. So it just looks like part of her dress. So nobody knows. Yeah, that she was has so them. weird. And like, we yeah. didn't know at first. You don't. Like, that no. was one of the secrets that she was keeping yeah, from us. Which I loved. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> suddenly you realize these, these ribbons, like, you know, they're like Are a part of her. Yeah. Yeah. And they're strong and she can use them. And so she uses them to kind of, to get sail down and to like 
push him over the side of the boat, like and to give him it's not super respectful, but it's better than being tied up dead on, you know, his boat. Um, and so she kind of like, you know, puts up a fight against this man, Captain Red Raid. I don't remember if he had a name or not. I'm sure he did, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just like this whole book, it's like one thing after another of like these circumstances she has to overcome, but then also slowly unfolding more of these secrets about her and her backstory and the life, like the bond between her and Midas and why it's there. And I just, it's so cleverly done that I was just obsessed with this book. Like, I'm still obsessed with it. I just think it's so smart, so well written. The world is like beautiful and it just folds in such a like I don't know nice way right it's just pleasing yeah it's very (laughs) smartly written it's absolutely I don't know if it's the top book I read in 20 I mean 2022 is not over yet but it's definitely like toward the top yeah of of my reading for the year no and like I haven't I still haven't finished the series because there's four books right now and I've only read the first three me too um but like this is definitely contending for like one of my all-time favorite series so um I'm still missing more that happens I mean there's so much that happens um (laughs) well yeah I mean we don't have to say everything because you know maybe somebody hasn't read it yet (laughs) yeah but basically by the end of this book you discover Midas is not all he appears to be which we always had yeah Mm -hmm. um Oren is more powerful than we realized which we also had suspicions and then you meet you get to know the king rot a little bit more who's kind of just been this I don't like think you ever meet you don't him, meet him though. yet but mm-hmm. you meet his commander mm-hmm. so basically king rot is kind of like the big bad like nobody wants to mess with him because like i said he can just it's like this blackness i think comes out like he just rots the land so he's, yeah, he's very gross easy. he's gross yeah, like and it smells. <laughs> like nobody wants something gross and smelly overtaking their fertile land, which I don't really get. It's like and things don't seem very fertile in this world, if you ask me. Um, but basically, this commander, who's King Grot's commander, Commander Rip, comes onto the boat and is like, "Hey, I want all of those, all of Midas's saddles and all of his guards that still remain, because I've got a little deal to make with Midas. You know, like he's he's headed towards Midas." Um, and he wants something like collateral, something to work with. Um, so he purchases all of them. There's a little bit of like, basically the red raid guy tries to keep Aura and he's like, no, I saw her. She's part of the deal. Give her to me. Um, and so you kind of leave with them carrying Aura and the guards off and taking them to this camp that is run by Commander Rip, which is King Grot's number one guy. And that's where you stop. Yeah. Well, and you you also get that he's specifically interested in her. Yes. Oh he my god. He calls her Goldfinch. Yeah. That's and like that also I like that when, nickname. <laughs> speaking yeah. Speaking to like how things just naturally unfold in this book in such a like nice, rewarding way. To end the book with like her being like, I know what you are. And he's like, Oh really? What am I? And she's like, You're Faye. And it's like, Oh fuck, we got Faye. Yeah. 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 Yep, <laughs> I totally yep, yep. Got- so excited i'm like okay okay we got faye Woo-hoo-hoo, i'm so excited right and then you get this kind of like oh is that what Aaron is because then he's like well i didn't expect to see a goldfinch and you're like oh oh so like i don't know i just so well done chef's kiss yeah i love it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah i will always love the this cliffhanger <laughs> yes. that was so delightful you know so good. it wasn't like an oh fuck you writer cliffhanger it was like an oh Oh, standing ovation, yes. 
<laughs> absolutely. Like, and I just, oh, so good. And like, oh, and I absolutely loved rereading it too, because there's also just really like the writing in itself is beautiful. Like there's just really beautiful passages where I'm just like, oh, I love this. Like so good. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I recommended this to a friend of mine, not Elaine. Elaine no. loved it too. Okay. But another friend of mine who's been getting more into this uh, genre and she she ended up really liking the series, but she didn't like it that much after the first book because she didn't connect with Oren. Uh-huh, and I was like, oh, that's so weird to me because both yeah. Elaine and I were like, what? <laughs> like, how could you not? Have you yeah. never had trauma? I know you have. <laughs> but some of us don't want to so, face it. So. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's so crazy because I, I just connected with her same as you like I just really loved her character right off the bat um and yeah same thing at the end at the end right away like not to give anything away but just like meeting commander rip you're like okay it's you it's you (laughs) yeah I mean I don't even think that's thank you it's not Midas I don't even think it's giving it away because like it is really clear that okay Midas is not the alpha alpha story yeah. yeah, especially when you realize a lot of the power is actually her. That's a big shift. You're like, uh. okay. And then you meet him and it's like, oh, obviously. Yeah, I, I like you. I'm good. Yeah. Go it's kind of like another book that you might currently be reading where like you meet this character and you're like, oh, yeah. Bye bye. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll just let that out of bed. It's Commander. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it's just really, I don't know. And I like the characters make sense to me. Their motivations are pretty consistent. I appreciate that. Like mm-hmm. I even made a note, like when Fulke dies, like he's still true to his character as he's dying. Like the way she describes his death. I think I've got it somewhere. Yes. Okay. This is So this is the scene as he's stabbed and you know this like nasty ass king is dying, right? At the sound of a horrible gurgle, I look back down at Fulke where he rides His hands come up, touching the sword where it's coming out of his chest. His mouth opens and shuts without words, blood lining his lips. He grips the blade, slicing his palms into ribbons as he holds it tight, as if he wants to strangle it into submission. He dies like that, with both hands clenching the golden weapon, mouth sneering like a curse was left on it, one that would damn us all to hell. I thought that was so good. I was like, yes, like he's fighting death like that character would. And like he's still in denial and he's like slicing through his hand like totally scary (laughs) yeah so what's your rating fang how many fangs for sexy how many fangs for scary so there's not a lot of sexy in here i mean there is like there's There's sex there's sex for sure it's not sexy it's not super like i mean i would give it a little like i i definitely there's a little there there's a little uh playfulness and intrigue that you know kind of i give it two um and scary i give it five it's totally scary. Oh, okay. It's a different kind of scary. It's yeah. a like, I feel like I'm drowning and there's no way we're going to get out of this kind of scary. Um, no, that's, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, even that passage I just read, it's scary. Yeah. Like, so I don't know, maybe 4.5. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like grotesque. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, like you feel scary. it, like the way, like I, I mentioned, like there's a lot of mentioning about like, aren't feeling trapped and that's presented in a way to where like as a reader you're feeling that even like it feels heavy Mm -hmm. 
Like it really, like it, there's times where like, I, I always think about this, like Lord of the Rings has the same feeling. I know that maybe you don't go in that world. Yeah, you do a little bit. We talked about it. Um, but like Lord of the Rings too, when those movies came out, I remember going to theater and I'm like, there's no way this is going to end well. I'm like, I would be so stressed out. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, oh my God, like there's just so much evil. And like, there's so much bleakness. There's no way. And I feel it. I kind of felt the same way reading this book until the end. And then I got a fae. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. We got some magic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was such an exciting discovery. I yeah. Agree. yeah, but yeah, it's a very like I I think when an author can actually make you feel what the like heroine is feeling, like that's a, obviously that's amazing and successful and well written. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this book. Agreed. I'm glad you liked it too, because oh, I God, always I just gush it. about it all I've the time. I've been dying but... right now. I'm like I'm stuck reading. I'm say stuck. Everything I read is stuff I want to read because I love this genre. Yeah. But there's like books that have come out that I'm like, I'm dying to read them. But also <laughs> I'm like kind of glad that I'm put off from reading them because they're they're all series, I think. So it's like, well, now I've, I'm giving myself a slightly shorter wait time between books by <laughs> having to wait to read them. Um, yeah. So what is our theme for next week? <gasps> It's a fun theme. It's nice alphas, yeah. <laughs> which we kind of touched on this a little bit when we we're reading the witch collector. We're like, what is, is this a nice alpha? And like, is this mm -hmm. where the genre is going? Are we getting more of these less Jericho barons and more fully healed supportive alphas? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's going to be next week. And I don't know if our alphas are fully healed, but they definitely yeah, have more I, of a I mean, mine definitely vibe. isn't, but yeah, yeah. So what are you reading? <laughs> I think we all know I'm reading the next book. Uh, so it's called Glint. And we'll get to find out more about Commander Rip and Oren and their journey. Yeah. And I picked my own book again. I am reading A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. And we're talking about recent. <laughs> you say recency. I say ricent. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that because you call him Reese. So do you call him Rice? I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, I call him recent, recent. Um, or recent. And I had to read A Court of Thorn and Roses, the first book in the series, because it's been a long time since I've read it. And you do get a little bit of Reese in that book. Yeah, it shows up at a party yeah, or something, you get a right? A little bit of not nice Reese in that yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but the second book in the series is really where that character flourishes, and you get to learn more about him. Um, and he's absolutely one of my top alphas of all time. I think I have, I've only read that series once, so I'm yeah, like, hmm, I don't think I'll have time to reread, but maybe you never know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, it's always going to be Jericho Barons for me. <laughs> and he, he's a meanie. He's, he's a total a meanie. For sure meanie. We'll love him. <laughs> no, nobody, I don't think anybody's ever going to kick him out of the running. Uh, but Reese is up there. He might be number two. All right. I so. remember, I do remember really liking him. And he's not all nice. He didn't swipe Jericho Barons out, though. I know that. No. Yeah. We'll see what Commander Rip does. <laughs> yeah. He's up there. He's too. got potential. <laughs> yeah. He's for sure up there, too. All right. Well, there you go. And, you know, hopefully we'll be back next week, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Might yes. be two weeks, but we will be back. But we will we be back. Plans. I will read this series and share it all with everyone. 
Yeah. So until then, thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club with your hosts, Lisa and Jessica. We have more episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you pod. If you like us and want to hear more, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Sexy Scary Book or send us an email and tell us what you think at Sexy Scary Book Club at gmail.com.